Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. How do you feel when you know that you've exercised the faith that you have and have asked God for something and you haven't received what you've asked God for? Are you disappointed or do you question your own faith level? Today we are continuing our series on faith. What is it? How is it applied? And how does God work in response to our faith? Jesus Christ taught a series of messages to his disciples so they would know how to stand in the face of tremendous challenges and oppositions. Are you at a place right now where you need God to move in your life? Learn how to exercise your faith and let God move for you. Join us today as we take a look at the scriptures that will help build our faith and help us to exercise our faith to receive the things that God has in store for us. There are many believers who have called on the Lord to work miracles in their lives only to be disappointed when they realize that the thing that they believed for did not come to pass. And that happens. But we want to look at how to have the faith to receive the impossible. Some people have become discouraged and thought that maybe God doesn't love them because he hasn't done what they've asked him to do. Some then will believe they don't have enough faith or that they're just a failure in prayer. I want to share with you some of the principles that will strengthen your prayer life and will help you to obtain the things in prayer, and this is the key, that God wants you to obtain. Jesus taught a dynamic lesson on prayer in the book of Mark chapter 11, and we're going to look at that. And this is book of Mark chapter 11, beginning at verse 22. Uh, the thing that's curious about this passage, and I was reading it the other day, and I wondered why it was placed right where it's placed. In the previous verses show that Jesus was walking with his disciples and saw a fig tree that was not producing, although it had the twigs on it and the leaves. And he cursed the fig tree. And then when he came back with his disciples, they saw that it had withered. They asked him about that. And he said this, have faith in God. I'm thinking, what's that got to do with the fig tree? I'm wondering, okay, what has this got to do with what you did with the fig tree? But Jesus is saying to them, you saw what happened there when I spoke to that fig tree. I'm going to teach you another lesson. Verse 22, have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourselves into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. What a profound statement that Jesus made. It wasn't some preacher you heard on the radio who came up with that. That was Jesus who said that. And he says, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it will be done. Therefore, whatever you ask for in prayer, but now whatever is a whatever. 
Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Well, if that's the case, and he said that and it is true, why haven't we received some of the things we've asked for in prayer? How can I attain to the faith level that I know I will receive what I ask for? That may be a question that you have. How can I attain that? What does this mean? Am I doing something wrong? Why is it not working for me? Well, we're going to talk to you about this passage and show you what Jesus meant and how we can have the faith for the impossible. In this passage, Jesus gave that promise to his disciples and that promise is for us today. Jesus began by pointing out the foundational element of a successful prayer life. He says, I want to give you a key to what is going to be successful to your prayer life. And that key is faith. Come on, say the word faith. faith. That key is faith. We've heard all kinds of teaching about faith. And we've heard it and we've tried it and we've sung about it. And we asked for a little more faith. And we said, Lord, I need some more faith. Uh, Jesus taught on faith. He says, however, have faith in God. He gave a powerful promise in this passage, but the power to believe a promise depends entirely upon our confidence in the promiser who's making the promise. Jesus says, before you go any further, I want you to know who can fulfill the promise. That's God. So you want to have faith in God. Trust in the person or the one who makes the promise. Have us to trust in his word. And the value of the promise depend upon that person that is making the promise. So we need to know God, know about God so we can have faith in God. And what you know about someone determines how much faith you can place in them. You're not going to place all your faith in somebody you don't know. Secondly, he says, if anyone says to this mountain, this mountain is your impossible situation. If anyone says to this mountain, what is this mountain? This mountain is that impossible situation. It's those things that as you look at it, you find it hard to believe things could change. I believe all of us have a mountain or have a this mountain right now that we can point to in our own lives and thinking, I've been praying or I need God to do this, but the way it looks, it looks like it's hard to move. This mountain, Jesus picked that picture of a mountain because it's, it looks impossible to the individual. I don't think he was talking about a literal mountain, but I'm thinking he's talking about a picture of something that looks like a mountain and you can't move it at all. You may have a mountain in your health when the doctor tells you something. You may have a mountain in your marriage. You may have a mountain in your money. You may have a mountain in your relationships or whatever might be coming on, but there are many things that's going on that, if the truth be known, we're worried about because we think, I don't know if that's ever going to change. I've been praying for that, but I don't know if it's ever going to change. But I want you to notice Jesus mentions this. He says, if one says to his mountain, after having put our faith 
in God and his abilities to help us, he says the next thing you need to do is to declare what the need is. The Bible tells us that we have not because we ask not. We haven't even asked. We've just been thinking, Lord, I just need you to do this. I need to do this. But you haven't said, Lord, this is the mountain is moved. And then you need to start declaring. Our saying comes after our recognition of the need. What is that need? And what do we need to have? What do we need God to do? Our saying is to be in line, however, with whatever God is also speaking. This is where we miss the boat. Quite often. Because we grab this scripture. Whatever you say, you can have what you say when you pray. And then we just start blabbing and grabbing. Having faith in God has to do with knowing him and relating to him. So then as we spend time with him, we can hear what he is saying. So if you have a mountain that you think you're going to have to try to move, the very first thing you need to ask is, God, you tell me about this mountain and what you see. In the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 37, there is a scripture that says this. Who can speak and have it happen if the Lord has not decreed it? Who can speak and make it happen if the Lord hadn't said it? You can just say anytime you want. Well, just say just whatever I have, whatever I say. Well, if God hadn't said it, you can't have it. The key is, I want to hear what God says for me to do about this mountain. Because there's some time he's just going to put something there and you just got to deal with it. Paul said, I had asked the Lord three times to remove this from me, but he didn't. But his grace is sufficient. Paul could have said, well, I'm just going to declare it and have it happen. But he said, I asked the Lord three times. He didn't move it. That was a thorn in my flesh. That was something that was bothering me. I asked God about that three times. He didn't move it. So I said, okay, we're going to deal with it. God ain't said it's going to move. You're in the middle of a crisis. You're in the middle of a situation. You've got something that you haven't been able to resolve for a long time. Stop and say, okay, Lord, you look at this. You tell me where I need to stand, what I need to say, what I need to declare about this. And then when you can hear from God, you can declare what God said about it. If God says, speak to that mountain, then you speak to it. When Moses came up to the Red Sea and they began to cry, and he said, Lord, what are we going to do? God said, stretch forth your hands and speak it. Moses stretched forth his hand. Here's how I resolve this scripture when I talk to people. I said, when we say what God say, we can have what we say. There's a scripture that says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. And that's what some people say. Well, he said he'll give me the desires of my heart. I'll say this way. When you delight yourself in the Lord, he gives you what to desire in your heart. Do you want something that he doesn't want for you? That's why Jesus said, your will be done. Your kingdom comes. So I need to hear from God about what he's saying about this. That's the first step in beginning to speak to that impossible mountain. Lord, what do you say? And then verse 23 goes on and says, Now that I've said this, it presupposes that I've already heard from God. And now I'm speaking what he says. Verse 23 says, And does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen. It will be done for him. 
You don't doubt it in your heart. We speak and we believe in our heart. Now, it's easy to believe in our head. But there's a difference in believing it in our head and believing it in our heart. See, when we believe it in our head and things start looking different and the facts start saying that it's not going to happen, we'll go on to something else. But when we believe it in our heart, we can stand no matter what it looks like. When I know that I've heard from the Lord, I can stand and resist the doubt. I can stand and resist the doubt when I know I heard from God. No, God spoke that. I know I heard from the Lord about that. And I'm standing with that. I understand what the facts are. But I know I heard from God. I believe that God is speaking that to me. And that's what I'm going to stand on. You want to have to know, too, also, that whenever God tells you something, you can expect resistance. Just because God told you don't mean it's just going to happen tomorrow night. Because there is an adversary, there is a resistance. That's what we call a crisis of belief that we got to deal with. You look in the scripture, you'll always see whenever God moved in a mighty way, there was a crisis of belief. It's like the Red Sea being in the way of the promised land. God says to Moses, go and get those people out of Egypt, take them to the promised land, to the land I've showed you. I already got a place prepared for you, floor with milk and honey. It's going to be the promised land for my people. Well, the next thing you know, he's standing at the Red Sea, can't cross it. Pharaoh's at his back with his army, and he's wondering, well, what, what am I doing here? And he's crying out to God. God asked him, say, why coming down to me? I already told you you're going to be in the promised land. So speak to that Red Sea. Stretch forth your hands. And Moses says, okay, well, open up. God says, I already told you where you were going. In fact, what does the Red Sea even have to do with it? I can't take you to the promised land if you're going to get drowned. It's like the pit and the prison that Joseph faced on the way to his dream. God showed him in a dream where he was going to be, but he had a pit and a prison that he had to keep believing that God was going to take him to that place that he showed him. What's the pit and the prison got to do with what I told you was going to happen in your life? I didn't tell you it was going to be easy. I didn't tell you that when you speak to the mountain, it might be a little volcano coming up out the mountain for a while and the hot lava might be flowing towards you, but you speak to that mountain, it'll move. When I tell you it's going to move, it's going to move. But you got some resistance. You got an adversary. You got things that's going to happen. It's like the old age of Abraham and Sarah that got in the way of producing the child that God said you're going to have. God said you're going to be the father of many nations. And he's old and they're, they're not able to have any children anymore because of their old age. But God said that ain't got nothing to do with what I told you. In fact, in the book of Romans chapter 4, Abraham, uh, Paul talks about Abraham in verse 18. He says, against all hope. Now, know what he says, against all hope. And you're going to get to a place when you believe in God that it, it looks like it's against all hope. And you know, I believe that God will do that for us so that when we get to the other side, we'll know it was God. You know, because if it's just speaking and it's just easy, you think, man, I, I outsmarted them then. I came up with a good idea. I thought, I thought about that and I said a few things to a few people. I got that worked. But when you have to go against all hope, when you get to the other side and you see the victory, you're going to say, thank you, Lord. I know it was God. If it had not been for the miracle hand of God, nothing would have happened. 
I tried everything I could try and I couldn't make anything work, but God moved. He says, against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him. Who said it? God. He heard God say that. So shall your offsprings be. And then verse 19 helps us. He says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact. Faith will overcome the facts. You know, when a doctor tells you something, he may have some facts. But the faith will overcome the fact. Faith will fight the facts. Without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old and Sarah's womb was also dead. He said, it ain't nothing going on here. That's the fact. Yet, he did not waver through unbelief. That's where you go. God said it. I don't know how he's going to do it. And I'm not going to have an unbelief on that because I'm believing in God. I just need to step back and see him work this because I don't know how it's going to happen. He did not waver through unbelief. What will happen sometimes is that we're in a situation we can't see any possible outcome that would be to our benefit. And so we'll, we'll cast that on God's word and say, I can't see how that's going to happen. So I just don't know. So we'll start wavering with unbelief because we can't see how it's going to happen. But we walk by faith and not by what we see. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. When did he give glory to God? Before he saw it happen. He gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he has promised. Now, are you fully persuaded that God can do it? Are you fully persuaded that he's got the power to do it? He has the ability to do what he promised? If you're fully persuaded, you can start giving him glory before you see it happen. In fact, sometimes the closest to that preferred outcome, the more resistance that you will see, the more hindrance, the more pushback that you will see sometime right before your victory comes. God is working it, but the enemy is trying to discourage you and cause you to give up on it and throw in the towel and have a crisis of, of belief to where you just said, forget about it, God, forget about it. I'll do it myself. I'm just going to walk off and leave it. God said, you, your victory is just around the corner if you stay there. If God promised you, if you put yourself in Abraham's place 25 years, how long can you wait? You ask yourself this question. How long can I wait for God's promise to be fulfilled? And you would say about three months. I give him three months and then I'm, I'm going to do something else. And why do we think that it has to happen instantaneously or else God's not going to do it? When you look in the scriptures and you see all the things that people had to do to wait for the promise to get fulfilled. But we think if he haven't done it in our time period, then uh, he doesn't do what he says he's going to do. So we need to do something else. 25 years for Abraham. How long was it before Joseph got to be in the prime minister position in Egypt after he's been thrown in a pit and working as a slave and then being in prison. Our timing is not God's timing. That's why you really need a word from God. Then verse 24 in Mark 11 says, therefore, 
I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Jesus reemphasizes that message and I just want to point a couple of things out that he's saying. He says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer. Jesus spent a lot of time praying. His idea of prayer was not just falling on your knees and saying, uh, thank you, Lord. I just want to ask you for those two or three things here. I, I need you to touch me in my finances, touch me on my job. I want a promotion. I need a promotion in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus would say, excuse me, but that's not prayer. That's just passing through. You haven't spent any time in prayer. You, the Bible would said he would pray. All, he'd pray all night. He'd get up a great while before a day and go and pray and talk to his father. What was he trying to do? He was trying to see what the father was saying about what he needs to do so he can say what the father says. He says, I only do what the father says, so I need to hear what he's saying. And I need to spend some time. We need to talk. We need to, I need to listen. I need to spend some time. I need to fellowship with him. I need to spend time. I want to hear from you, Lord. Lord, I want to bring everything to you. I want you to look it over for me. And I need you to give me some direction. And I'm going to stay here till I can hear some direction from you. Then I know where to stand. Then I know what to ask for. Then I know what to say. Whatever you ask for in prayer, in that process, he assumes we know how to pray. Prayer is not ordering God around in Jesus' name. I declare that I shall have this in the name of Jesus. God, said, mm. God gives wisdom. And God will also give us what to desire. There are times you can be in prayer and you spend a, a significant time in praying about something, God will change how you approach your desire for that thing. He knows the best outcome for us. He knows the end from the beginning. You may be praying for a job at a major company you had an interview with, and you're praying for that, and you're crying and say, Lord, I need this job, and God may know they're going out of business next year. You don't know that. That's why we always got to defer to him. Lord, uh, let your will be done in this. You know exactly what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. You know exactly what's going to happen. And I'm good with that. I trust you to lead me and guide me. Show me what I need to desire for. Show me how I need to respond in this situation. Now, once we spend time in prayer and have direction from God, he says, believe that you received it. Notice what he said. Believe that you received it. He didn't say believe that you're going to receive it. He says, I'm so confident that once you hear from God and you begin to say what God says, you need to believe that you already have it. That's faith. The Bible tells each of us who are believers that we walk by faith and not by sight. This is Jerry G. Martin with The Light of the World. I certainly hope that you've enjoyed the message today, and I hope that it has encouraged you in your faith. Trust God and trust what he says in his word, that he will do what he has promised. You may have tried everything else you know to do, but have you tried placing your trust and faith in God and stay in the course until you see God move on your behalf. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, join us on our podcast at The Light of the World Daily 
with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message as well as previous messages that have aired on this station. I want to take just a moment to invite you to come and join us. We're meeting in person every Sunday at the Light of the World Christian Fellowship. We're located at 16161 Old Humble Road in the Humble North Houston area. Our services begin at 10. We have social distance protocols and health protocols still in place as we are conscious that we want everyone to remain safe and healthy as they come and enjoy the worship and the Word of God. Pastor Jackie Martin is in a wonderful series right now, and you will be blessed. I invite you to go to our website at lowcf.org for more information. If you have a prayer request and we can stand with you in faith, believe in God with you, call us at 281-964-1393. That's 281-964-1393. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.